chapter two part three of the life of washington volume five by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain debates on the subject of a navy this animated debate was succeeded by another on a question which also brought into full view the systems that were embraced by the opposite parties on some of those great national subjects which give a character to an administration on the second of january a resolution was agreed to in the house of representatives declaring that a naval force adequate to the protection of the commerce of the united states against the algerine corsairs ought to be provided the force proposed was to consist of six frigates four of forty-four and two of thirty-six guns this measure was founded on the communications of the president representing the improbability of being able to negotiate a peace with the day of algiers and on undoubted information that the corsairs of that regency had during their first short cruise in the atlantic captured eleven american merchantmen and made upwards of one hundred prisoners and were preparing to renew their attack on the unprotected vessels of the united states in every stage of its progress this bill was most strenuously opposed the measure was viewed simply as a present protection to commerce and then as the commencement of a permanent naval establishment in both characters it was reprobated with extreme severity as a measure of protection it was declared to be altogether incompetent to the attainment of its object because the force contemplated was insufficient and because it could not be brought into immediate use the measure therefore would be totally inefficacious but the object might be effected by other means more eligible and less expensive by proper management and a due attention to time and circumstances a peace might be procured with money nations possessing a naval force greatly superior to the proposed armament had found it to their advantage to purchase the friendship of the algerines that mode of procuring peace was recommended both by its efficacy and its economy unless the object was obtained the money would not be expended another mode of giving security to their commerce preferable to the plan in the bill was to purchase the protection of foreign powers this might be acquired at a less expense than would be incurred in fitting out the proposed armament and its utility would be immediate but the measure was also to be considered as the commencement of a permanent navy the question which this view of it presented was one of the most important that could engage the consideration of the house the adoption of the principle would involve a complete dereliction of the policy of discharging the public debt history afforded no instance of a nation which continued to increase its navy and at the same time to decrease its debt to the expensiveness of the navy system were ascribed the oppression under which the people of england groaned the overthrow of the french monarchy and the dangers which threatened that of great britain the expensiveness of the government was the true ground of the oppression of the people the king the nobility the priesthood the army and above all the navy 
all this machinery lessens the number of productive and increases the number of unproductive hands in the nation the united states had already advanced full far enough in this system in addition to the civil list they had funded a debt on the principles of duration had raised an army at an immense expense and now a proposition was made for a navy the system of governing by debts was the most refined system of tyranny it seemed to be a contrivance devised by politicians to succeed the old system of feudal tenures both were tyrannical but the objects of their tyranny were different the one operated on the person the other operates on the pockets of the individual the feudal lord was satisfied with the acknowledgment of the tenant that he was a slave and the rendition of a peppercorn as an evidence of it the product of his labor was left for his own support the system of debts affords no such indulgence its true policy is to devise objects of expense and to draw the greatest possible sum from the people in the least visible mode no device can facilitate the system of debts and expense so much as a navy and they should hold the liberty of the american people at a lower rate should this policy be adopted another great objection to the establishment of a navy was that until the united states should be able to contend with the great maritime powers on the ocean it would be a hostage to its full value for their good behaviour it would increase rather than lessen their dependence in reply it was said that if it had been the intention of the house to incur a vast expense in the establishment of a navy for vain parade there might be force in some of the objections which had been made but this was not the case it was a measure not of choice but of necessity it was extorted by the pressure of unavoidable events it being universally admitted that their commerce required protection against the algerine corsairs the question was simply whether the plan proposed in the bill was the best mode of affording that protection to decide this question it would be proper to consider the substitutes which had been offered and then to review the objections which had been made to the measure the substitutes were first to purchase a peace and secondly to subsidize other nations to protect commerce on the first substitute it was said that the late communications must satisfy every person who had attended to them that all hope of purchasing a peace must be abandoned unless there was a manifestation of some force which might give effect to negotiation so long as the vessels of the united states remained an easy and tempting prey to the cupidity of those corsairs it would be vain to expect that they would sell a peace for the price the government would be willing to give or that a peace would be of any duration if the executive had experienced such difficulties while the algerine cruisers had captured only one or two vessels and were confined to the mediterranean by a portuguese squadron how much less prospect was there of success after they had captured a considerable number of ships were likely to capture many more and were at liberty to cruise on the atlantic to the very coast of the united states even that little prospect of success would be diminished when the day of algiers should understand that the united states would take no measures to protect their trade and were afraid of the expense of a small armament 
it was to be understood that they did not rely solely on the operations of the armament they still looked forward to negotiation and were willing to provide the means for purchasing a peace but the former measure was necessary to give success to the latter and the armament might be employed to advantage should negotiation fail the other substitute was to subsidize foreign powers the national dishonor of depending upon others for that protection which the united states were able to afford themselves was strongly urged but there were additional objections to this project either the nations in contemplation were at peace or at war with the regency of algiers if the former it was not to be expected that they would relinquish that peace for any indemnification the united states could make them if the latter they had sufficient inducements to check the depredations of their enemies without subsidies such a protection would be hazardous as it would be at any time in the power of the nation that should be employed to conclude a truce with algiers and leave the trade of the united states at the mercy of her corsairs while the expense of protection was perpetually to be incurred it would never furnish the strength which that expense ought to give with a navy of her own america might cooperate to advantage with any power at war with algiers but it would be risking too much to depend altogether on any foreign nation to the argument that the force was incompetent to the object it was answered that from the documents before them and from the diligent inquiries of a large committee the number and strength of the algerine corsairs had been ascertained and the armament contemplated in the bill was believed to be sufficient if gentlemen thought differently it was surprising that they did not move to augment it the expense of the frigates had been strongly urged but the saving in insurance in ships and cargoes and in the ransom of seamen was more than equivalent to this item but are not the slavery of our fellow-citizens and the national disgrace resulting from it to be taken into the account these are considerations beyond all calculation who can after reading the affecting narratives of the unfortunate sit down contented with cold calculations and syllogisms their narratives ought to excite every possible exertion not only to procure the release of the captured but to prevent the increase of the number of these unhappy victims that a bill providing six frigates to exist during the war with the algerines should excite apprehensions of a large permanent navy and of an immense debt was truly astonishing but even if the bill had not contained a clause enabling the president to discontinue the armament provided peace should be concluded with the regency of algiers the weight of the objection was denied america was peculiarly fitted for a navy she abounded in all kinds of naval resources and had within herself those means which other nations were obliged to obtain from abroad her situation and the dispositions of a considerable proportion of her citizens evinced still more the propriety of a naval establishment perhaps the country was not yet mature for such an establishment to any great extent but the period was not far distant when it would be the united states had an increasing population much individual wealth and considerable national resources it was not believed that the expense of equipping a small naval armament for the protection of their commerce would be insupportable it was however matter of surprise that gentlemen who had deemed the improvement of american navigation as a source of defence an object of so much importance as to be anxious to wage an immediate commercial war with great britain for that purpose 
should avow such a fixed determination against resorting to that resource in any degree whatever under circumstances the most urgent the original resolution was carried only by a majority of two voices but as the bill advanced several members who were accustomed to vote in the opposition gave it their support and on the final question a majority of eleven appeared in its favour the other branch of the legislature concurred and it received the cordial assent of the president pending these discussions the irritations in which they commenced were greatly aggravated by accounts that captures of american vessels by british cruisers were made to an extent altogether un unprecedented and early in march an authentic paper was received which proved that those captures were not unauthorized on the sixth of november seventeen ninety three additional instructions had been issued to the ships of war and privateers of great britain requiring them to stop and detain all ships laden with goods the produce of any colony belonging to france or carrying provisions or other supplies to any such colony and to bring the same with their cargoes to legal adjudication in the british courts of admiralty these instructions made a serious impression on the most reflecting and moderate men in the united states it was believed that they originated in a spirit of hostility which must lead to war and that it had now become the part of prudence to prepare for that event on the twelfth of march mr sedgwick moved several resolutions the objects of which were to raise a military force and to authorize the president to lay an embargo the armament was to consist of fifteen thousand men who should be brought into actual service in case of war with any european power but not until war should break out in the meantime they were to receive pay while assembled for the purpose of discipline which was not to exceed twenty-four days in each year after stating the motives which led to the introduction of these resolutions they were laid on the table for the consideration of the members two days afterwards a motion was made to take up that which related to an embargo but this motion was negatived for the purpose of resuming the consideration of the commercial regulations which had been offered by mr madison on the motion of mr nicholas those resolutions were amended so as to subject the manufacturers of great britain alone instead of those of all nations having no commercial treaties with the united states to the proposed augmentation of duties they were again debated with great earnestness but no decision on them was made in addition to the objections urged against them as forming a commercial system in time of peace they were said to be particularly inapplicable to the present moment if as was believed the united states were about to be forced into a war the public councils ought to be directed to measures of defence in that event the resolutions would at best be useless but the greater the danger of war the more incumbent was it on the government to unite public opinion in support of it and this would best be effected by observing a line of conduct which would furnish no just cause of hostility the commercial discriminations proposed were of a hostile and irritating nature might render war certain would be considered by many as unnecessary and might impair that unanimity in which the great strength of the country consisted it was submitted to the gentlemen to decide whether it was wise to press their system through with so small a majority as was in its favour 
the resolutions were defended on the principle that though not in themselves contributing to the national defence they would not prevent the adoption of such other measures as the state of things might render necessary if war should take place they could do no harm but war must at some time be succeeded by peace and they would form a valuable basis for negotiation an embargo law on the twenty first of march mr sedgwick's motion authorizing the president to lay an embargo was negatived by a majority of two voices but in a few days the consideration of that subject was resumed and a resolution passed prohibiting all trade from the united states to any foreign port or place for the space of thirty days and empowering the president to carry the resolution into effect this resolution was accompanied with vigorous provisional measures for defence respecting the adoption of which no considerable division of sentiment was avowed while the measures of congress indicated that expectation of war a public document made its appearance which seemed to demonstrate that great britain also was preparing for that event this was the answer of lord dorchester on the tenth of february to a speech delivered by the deputies of a great number of indian tribes assembled at quebec in this answer his lordship had openly avowed the opinion founded as he said on the conduct of the american people that a war between great britain and the united states during the present year was probable and that a new line between the two nations must then be drawn by the sword this document was not authentic but it obtained general belief and contributed to confirm the opinion that war was scarcely to be avoided on the twenty seventh of march mr dayton moved a resolution for sequestering all debts due to british subjects and for taking means to secure their payment into the treasury as a fund out of which to indemnify the citizens of the united states for depredations committed on their commerce by british cruisers in violation of the laws of nations the debate on this resolution was such as was to be expected from the irritable state of the public mind the invectives against the british nation were uttered with peculiar vehemence and were mingled with allusions to the exertions of the government for the preservation of neutrality censuring strongly the system which had been pursued before any question was taken on the proposition for sequestering british debts and without a decision on those proposed by mr madison mr clark moved a resolution which in some degree suspended the commercial regulations that had been so earnestly debated this was to prohibit all intercourse with great britain until her government should make full compensation for all injuries done to the citizens of the united states by armed vessels or by any person or persons acting under the authority of the british king and until the western posts should be delivered up on the fourth of april before any decision was made on the several propositions which have been stated the president laid before congress a letter just received from mr pinckney the minister of the united states at london communicating additional instructions to the commanders of british armed ships which were dated the eighth of january these instructions revoked those of the sixth of november and instead of bringing in for adjudication all neutral vessels trading with the french islands british cruisers were directed to bring in those only which were laden 
with cargoes the produce of the french islands and were on a direct voyage from those islands to europe the letter detailed a conversation with lord grenville on this subject in which his lordship explained the motives which had originally occasioned the order of the sixth of november and gave to it a less extensive signification than it had received in the courts of vice-admiralty it was intended he said to be temporary and was calculated to answer two purposes one was to prevent the abuses which might take place in consequence of the whole of the san domingo fleet having gone to the united states the other was on account of the attack designed upon the french west india islands by the armament under sir john jarvis and sir charles gray but it was now no longer necessary to continue the regulations for those purposes his lordship added that the order of the sixth of november did not direct the confiscation of all vessels trading with the french islands but only that they should be brought in for legal adjudication and he conceived that no vessel would be condemned under it which would not have been previously liable to the same sentence the influence of this communication on the party in the legislature which was denominated federal was very considerable believing that the existing differences between the two nations still admitted of explanation and adjustment they strenuously opposed all measures which were irritating in their tendency or which might be construed into a dereliction of a neutral character they were desirous of maintaining but they gave all their weight to those which by putting the nation in a posture of defence prepared it for war should negotiation fail on the opposite party no change of sentiment or of views appears to have been produced their system seems to have been matured and not to have originated in the feelings of the moment they adhered to it therefore with inflexible perseverance but seemed not anxious to press an immediate determination of the propositions which had been made these propositions were discussed with great animation but notwithstanding an ascertained majority in their favour were permitted to remain undecided as if their fate depended on some extrinsic circumstance meanwhile great exertions were made to increase the public agitation and to stimulate the resentments which were felt against great britain the artillery of the press was played with unceasing fury on the minority of the house of representatives and the democratic societies brought their whole force into operation language will scarcely afford terms of greater outrage than were employed against those who sought to stem the torrent of public opinion and to moderate the rage of the moment they were denounced as a british faction seeking to impose chains on their countrymen even the majority was declared to be but half roused and to show little of that energy and decision which the crisis required unequivocal evidence it was said had been obtained of the liberty side intentions of great britain and only the successes of freedom against tyranny the triumphs of their magnanimous french brethren over slaves have been the means of once more guaranteeing the independence of this country 
the glorious example of france ought to animate the american people to every exertion to raise their prostrate character and every tie of gratitude and interest should lead them to cement their connection with that great republic the proclamation of neutrality though admitted to have originated in the best motives on the part of the president was declared to be not only questionable in a constitutional point of view but eventually to have proved impolitic being falsely construed by great britain into a manifestation of a pusillanimous disposition it served to explain the aggressions of that nation experience now urged the abandonment of a line of conduct which had fed the pride and provoked the insults of their unprincipled and implacable enemy and was derogatory to the honour inconsistent with the interest and hostile to the liberties of their country their tameness under british aggressions was declared to furnish just cause of offence to france since every infringement of right submitted to by a neutral inflicted a correspondent injury on the nation at war with the offending power the proceedings of the legislature continued to manifest a fixed purpose to pursue the system which had been commenced and the public sentiment seemed to accord with that system that the nation was advancing rapidly to a state of war was firmly believed by many intelligent men who doubted the necessity and denied the policy of abandoning the neutral position which had been thus long maintained in addition to the extensive calamities which must in any state of things result to the united states from a rupture with a nation which was the mistress of the ocean and which furnished the best market for the sale of their produce and the purchase of manufactures of indispensable necessity there were considerations belonging exclusively to the moment which though operating only in a narrow circle were certainly entitled to great respect that war with britain during the continuance of the passionate and almost idolatrous devotion of a great majority of the people to the french republic would throw america so completely into the arms of france as to leave her no longer mistress of her own conduct was not the only fear which the temper of the day suggested that the spirit which triumphed in that nation and deluged it with the blood of its revolutionary champions might cross the atlantic and desolate the hitherto safe and peaceful dwellings of the american people was an apprehension not so entirely unsupported by appearances as to be pronounced chimerical with the blind infatuation which treated reason as a criminal immense numbers applauded a furious despotism trampling on every right and sporting with life as the essence of liberty and the few who conceived freedom to be a plant which did not flourish the better for being nourished with human blood and who ventured to disapprove the ravages of the guillotine were execrated as the tools of the coalesced despots and as persons who to weaken the affection of america for france became the calumniators of that republic already had an imitative spirit captivated with the splendour but copying the errors of a great nation reared up in every part of the continent self-created corresponding societies who claiming to be the people assumed a control over the government and were loosening its bands already were the mountain and a revolutionary tribunal favourite toasts and already were principles familiarly proclaimed which in france have been the precursors of that tremendous and savage despotism 
which in the name of the people and by the instrumentality of affiliated societies had spread its terrific sway over that fine country and had threatened to extirpate all that was wise and virtuous that a great majority of those statesmen who conducted the opposition would deprecate such a result furnish no security against it when the physical force of a nation usurps the place of its wisdom those who have produced such a state of things no longer control it these apprehensions whether well or ill-founded produced in those who felt them an increased solicitude for the preservation of peace their aid was not requisite to confirm the judgment of the president on this interesting subject fixed in his purpose of maintaining the neutrality of the united states until the aggressions of a foreign power should clearly render neutrality incompatible with honor and conceiving from the last advices received from england that the differences between the two nations had not yet attained that point he determined to make one decisive effort which should either remove the ostensible causes of quarrel or demonstrate the indisposition of great britain to remove them this determination was executed by the nomination of an envoy extraordinary to his britannic majesty which was announced to the senate on the sixteenth of april in the following terms the communications which i have made to you during your present session from the dispatches of our minister in london contain a serious aspect of our affairs with great britain but as peace ought to be pursued with unremitted zeal before the last resource which has so often been the scourge of nations and cannot fail to check the advanced prosperity of the united states is contemplated i have thought proper to nominate and do hereby nominate john jay as envoy extraordinary of the united states to his britannic majesty mr jay appointed envoy extraordinary to great britain my confidence in our minister plenipotentiary in london continues undiminished but a mission like this while it corresponds with the solemnity of the occasion will announce to the world a solicitude for the friendly adjustment of our complaints and a reluctance to hostility going immediately from the united states such an envoy will carry with him a full knowledge of the existing temper and sensibility of our country and will thus be taught to vindicate our rights with firmness and to cultivate peace with sincerity to those who believe the interests of the nation to require a rupture with england and a still closer connection with france nothing could be more unlooked for or more unwelcome than this decisive measure that it would influence the proceedings of congress could not be doubted and it would materially affect the public mind was probable evincing the opinion of the executive that negotiation not legislative hostility was still the proper medium for accommodating differences with great britain it threw on the legislature a great responsibility if they should persist in a system calculated to defeat that negotiation by showing to the people that their president did not yet believe war to be necessary it turned the attention of many to peace and by suggesting the probability rekindled the almost extinguished desire of preserving that blessing scarcely has any public act of the president drawn upon his administration a greater degree of censure than this that such would be its effect could not be doubted by a person who had observed the ardor with which opinions that it thwarted were embraced or the extremity to which the passions and contests of the moment had carried all orders of men but it is the province of real patriotism to consult the utility more than the popularity of a measure and to pursue the path of duty although it may be rugged 
in the senate the nomination was approved by a majority of ten voices and in the house of representatives it was urged as an argument against persevering in the system which had been commenced on the eighteenth of april a motion for taking up the report of the committee of the whole house on the resolution for cutting off all commercial intercourse with great britain was opposed chiefly on the ground that as an envoy had been nominated to the court of that country no obstacle ought to be thrown in his way the adoption of the resolution would be a bar to negotiation because it used the language of menace and manifested a partiality to one of the belligerents which was incompatible with neutrality was also an objection to the resolution that it prescribed the terms on which alone a treaty should be made and was consequently an infringement of the right of the executive to negotiate and an indelicacy to that department in support of the motion it was said that the measure was strictly within the duty of the legislature they having solely the right to regulate commerce that if there was any indelicacy in the clashing of the proceedings of the legislature and executive it was to the latter not to the former that this indelicacy was to be imputed the resolution which was the subject of debate had been several days depending in the house before the nomination of an envoy extraordinary had been made america having a right as an independent nation to regulate her own commerce the resolution could not lead to war on the contrary it was the best means of bringing the negotiation to a happy issue the motion for taking up the report was carried in the affirmative some embarrassment was produced by an amendment offered by mr smith of south carolina who proposed to add another condition to the restoration of intercourse between the two countries this was compensation for the negroes carried away in violation of the treaty of peace the house avoided this proposition by modifying the resolution so as to expunge all that part of it which prescribed the conditions on which the intercourse might be restored a bill was brought in conforming to this resolution and carried by a considerable majority in the senate it was lost by the casting vote of the vice-president the system which had been taken up in the house of representatives was pressed no further the altercations between the executive and the minister of the french republic had given birth to many questions which had been warmly agitated in the united states and on which a great diversity of sentiment prevailed the opinion of the administration that the relations produced by existing treaties and indeed by a state of peace independent of treaty imposed certain obligations on the united states an observance of which it was the duty of the executive to enforce had been reprobated with extreme severity it was contended certainly by the most active perhaps by the most numerous part of the community not only that the treaties have been grossly misconstrued but also that under any construction of them the interference of the executive acquired the sanction of legislative authority that until the legislature should interpose and annex certain punishments to infractions of neutrality the natural right possessed by every individual to do any act not forbidden by express law would furnish a secure protection against those prosecutions which a tyrannical executive might direct for the crime of disregarding its illegal mandates the right of the president to call out the militia for the detention of privateers about to violate the rules he had established was in some instances denied attempts to punish those who had engaged within the united states to carry on expeditions against foreign nations were unsuccessful and a grand jury had refused to find a bill 
an indictment against mr duplan for having rescued with an armed force a vessel which had been taken into custody by an officer of justice of consequence however decided the opinion of the executive might be with respect to its constitutional powers and duties it was desirable to diminish the difficulties to be encountered in performing those duties by obtaining the sanction of the legislature to the rules which had been established for the preservation of neutrality the propriety of legislative provision for the case was suggested by the president at the commencement of the session and a bill was brought into the senate in addition to the act for punishing certain crimes against the united states this bill prohibited the exercise within the american territory of those various rights of sovereignty which had been claimed by mr Chenet and subjected any citizen of the united states who should be convicted of committing any of the offences therein enumerated to fine and imprisonment it also prohibited the condemnation and sale within the united states of prizes made from the citizens or subjects of nations with whom they were at peace necessary as this measure was the whole strength of the opposition in the senate was exerted to defeat it motions to strike out the most essential clause were successively repeated and each motion was negatived by the casting vote of the vice-president it was only by his voice that the bill finally passed in the house of representatives also this bill encountered a serious opposition the sections which prohibited the sale of prizes in the united states and that which declared it to be a misdemeanor to accept a commission from a foreign power within the territory of the united states to serve against a nation with whom they were at peace were struck out but that which respected the acceptance of commissions was afterwards reinstated in the course of the session several other party questions were brought forward which demonstrated at the same time the strength and zeal of the opposition the subject of amending the constitution was revived and a resolution was agreed to in both houses for altering that instrument so far as to exempt states from the suits of individuals while this resolution was before the senate it was also proposed to render the officers of the bank and the holders of stock ineligible to either branch of the legislature and this proposition so far as respected officers in the bank was negatived by a majority of only one vote a bill to sell the shares of the united states in the bank was negatived by the same majority inquiry into the conduct of the secretary of the treasury terminates honorably to him in both houses inquiries were set on foot respecting the treasury department which obviously originated in the hope of finding some foundation for censuring that officer but which failed entirely in a similar hope as respected the minister of the united states of paris the senate passed a vote requesting the president to lay before that body his correspondence with the french republic and also with the department of state the preparations for an eventual war which the aspect of public affairs rendered it imprudent to omit and a heavy appropriation of a million which under the title of foreign intercourse was made for the purpose of purchasing peace from algiers and liberating the americans who were in captivity created demands upon the treasury which the ordinary revenues were insufficient to satisfy that the imposition of additional tax had become indispensable but was a truth too obvious to be controverted with a semblance of reason but the subjects of taxation afforded at all times an ample field for discussion the committee of ways and means reported several resolutions for extending the internal duties to various objects which were supposed capable of bearing them and also proposed an augmentation of the impost on foreign goods imported into the united states and a direct tax it was proposed to 
lay a tax on licenses to sell wines and spirituous liquors on sales at auction on pleasure carriages on snuff manufactured and on sugar refined in the united states and also to lay a stamp duty internal taxes laid the direct tax was not even supported by the committee only thirteen members voted in its favor the augmentation of the duty on imposts met with no opposition the internal duties were introduced in separate bills that each might encounter only those objections which could be made to itself and that the loss of one might not involve the loss of others the resolution in favor of stamps was rejected the others were carried after repeated and obstinate debates the members of the opposition were in favor of raising the whole sum required by additional burdens on trade and by direct taxes while these measures were depending before congress memorials and resolutions against them were presented by the manufacturers which were expressed in terms of disrespect evidenced the sense in which numbers understood the doctrine that the people were sovereign and those who administered the government their servants this opportunity for charging the government with tyranny and oppression with partiality and injustice was too favorable not to be embraced by the democratic societies those self-proclaimed watchful sentinels over the rights of the people a person unacquainted with those motives which in the struggle of party too often influence the conduct of men would have supposed a direct tax to be not only in itself more eligible but to be more acceptable to the community than those which were proposed to the more judicial observers of the springs of human action the reverse was known to be the fact george washington's bedroom at mount vernon it was in this room that washington expired december fourteenth seventeen ninety nine two days previously he was exposed in the saddle for several hours to cold and snow and contracted acute laryngitis for which he was ineffectually treated in the primitive manner of the period a short time before ceasing to breathe he said i die hard but i am not afraid to go i believed from my first attack that i should not survive it my breath cannot last long a little later he murmured i feel myself going i thank you for your attentions but i pray you to take no more trouble about me let me go off quietly i cannot last long after giving some instructions about his burial he became easier felt his own pulse and died without a struggle the friends of the administration supported the proposed system against every objection to it because they believed it to be more productive and less unpopular than a direct tax it is not impossible that what recommended the system to one party might constitute a real objection to it with those who believe that the public interest required a change in the public councils on the ninth of june this active and stormy session was closed by an adjournment to the first monday in the succeeding november congress adjourns the public was not less agitated than the legislature had been by those interesting questions which had occasioned some of the most animated and eloquent discussions that had ever taken place on the floor of the house of representatives mr madison's resolutions especially continued to be the theme of general conversation and for a long time divided parties throughout the united states the struggle for public opinion was ardent and each party supported its pretensions not only with those arguments which each deemed conclusive but also by those reciprocal criminations which perhaps each in part believed the opposition declared that the friends of the administration were an aristocratic and corrupt faction who from a desire to introduce monarchy were hostile to france and under the influence of britain that they 
sought every occasion to increase expense to augment debt to multiply the public burdens to create armies and navies and by the instrumentality of all this machinery to govern and enslave the people that they were a paper nobility whose extreme sensibility to every measure which threatened the funds induced a tame submission to injuries and insults which the interests and honour of the nation required them to resist the friends of the administration retorted that the opposition was prepared to sacrifice the best interests of their country on the altar of the french revolution that they were willing to go to war for french not for american objects that while they urged war they withheld the means of supporting it in order the more effectually to humble and disgrace the government that they were so blinded by their passion for france as to confound crimes with meritorious deeds and to abolish the natural distinction between virtue and vice that the principles which they propagated and with which they sought to intoxicate the people were in practice incompatible with the existence of government that they were the apostles of anarchy not of freedom and were consequently not the friends of real and rational liberty End of chapter two part three